Hey, Illinois fans, uh, we're back for the uh, Orange and Blue News podcast, and uh, it, it's that time of year again. Uh, National Signing Day is coming up in less than a week. So along those lines, we brought in a national recruiting analyst who covers the Midwest for Rivals.com, uh, Clint Cosgrove, to, to go over the Illinois class with us a little bit. Uh, Clint, thanks for coming in, man. Oh, it's a pleasure. I, I'm always happy to talk recruiting classes, especially Living in Chicago, uh, love talking Illinois ball. And I was actually born in Champaign because my dad was coaching on Mike White's staff. So this should be fun. Great. And, you know, before we get a, a dive into the Illinois recruiting class uh, with, with the um, uh, National Signing Day coming up next week, wh what do you guys got planned at the, the national site for rivals for, uh, for fans to tune in on? It's, uh, wow, it's, um, it's going to be wild. This is going to be my first signing day. With uh, this will be my first signing day with uh, rivals, obviously. In the past, my uh, signing day was kind of my day off because I was already on to the next class and everything like that. But we're going to have daily coverage, we're going to be covering anything from you know, uh, signing day commitments to flips to uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen on signing day. So we have a full uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, we've got a full, you know, list of things that we will be doing. And, uh, you know, you just on signing day, it's one of those things you just got to play it as it comes because you never know what's going to happen. When I was coaching, we'd send out papers to kids that we were a hundred percent, you know, sure that they were signing with us and then they never came back and they signed with someone else. So we'll be covering it, uh, you know, up to the minute. And, uh, but we do have a lot of content planned. Uh, you know, going into it. So I'm, I'm excited for it and uh, it should be interesting. Cool. Well, let's, let's get into this Illinois class. So this is actually Brett Bielema's first class of kids that, he, that him and his staff actually recruited. The, the last class, he was on board, uh, you know, for the late signing period, but really it was all recruited by Lovey Smith and his guys. So they're sitting at 31 in the nation on the rivals uh, team rankings for 2022, seventh in the big 10. Um, you know, big picture wise, Clint, what do you, what do you think this looks like for them? And is that a good start for a new coach at a program like Illinois? Yeah, no, I think it's a great start. And when you look at the class and their commitments, you can kind of see the direction that coach Bill is looking to go to build this program. And I think the players that they do have committed are a great foundation. Um, they are, they have to make up some ground because, um, you know, no offense to the last staff or anything like that, but they didn't do much in Illinois and Illinois obviously has to be a priority. Um, but, uh, I think they're doing very well building what they want to build. It kind of reminds me of the early Wisconsin days when my dad was there. Um, you know, they identified how are we going to win? Okay. And that's first and most important. Okay. And then what players do we need to, to bring in in order to accomplish those goals? And I see the way that this class is being built. Um, and you can kind of see that there is a, there is a, uh, there's a layout, there's a plan. Uh, and, and these guys will be a great base for it. You know, you can, you can see this kind of developing because last, when he first came on board, uh, Brett Bielema welcomed everybody back who wanted to come back, super seniors, you know, whoever wanted to come back to Illinois, he welcomed them. That's not going to be the case now. You, you saw him kind of flip that to where they're trying to flip the roster and, and recruit the kind of players that fit the system, you know, because they completely changed schemes on both sides of the ball. They're a pro-style, run-oriented offense. 
a three, four base defense, which is completely different than oh, yeah. Levy Smith's uh, four, three Tampa, Tampa defense. So you can see that in the type of players that they've recruited, especially on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, the first kid I want to look at here, Clint, Joey Oakliffe from Wisconsin. I know you've seen him, seen him play. What's Illinois getting in Joey Oakliffe? Uh, Oklahoma's really grown on me, especially, uh, I mean, I, I credit to them for identifying that early, uh, early on, I was kind of like, uh, you know, he can play, but you know, is he the guy who's going to change the, you know, the program on that, that offensive line. Now, when you look at his senior film, I see what they see. I mean, this kid is a tough Wisconsin type kid. He fires off the ball. Um, you know, he, uh, he's got great footwork. He's powerful. He's nasty. He's, he is a nasty player. Um, and you know, the Bielema style is going to be, I don't want to say ground and pound, but they're going to be a physical ball club and, uh, they're going to try to overpower kids. And, and Oklahoma is the type of kid who can do that. He's got great bend. Uh, you know, you just see him fire off the ball. He comes off with bad intentions. He's twitched up, um, you know, just seeing his progression from last year to this year is really impressive. Uh, you know, kudos to them because when they first uh, offered and got that commitment from them, I was like, ah, I don't know. But then when you turn on that senior film, uh, you see what they saw early on. And I, I'm very impressed with him. What I really like about him is how he, he turns that quick get off into power, you know, especially oh, yeah. when he pulls, he, they do some of those uh, quick traps inside and he just, he turns the speed to power and just knocks kids on their butt. So really like that a lot about him, you know, and uh, in state, you know, they got some tight ends, but Brett Bielma has a history of turning tight ends into offensive linemen. And so I wanted to, and on these kids, they believe they're going to play tight end, but I don't, you know, Henry Boyer, uh, he, he's a really big kid, six foot seven, really looks like a feature tackle to me. But when we talked to him, he, he, He's in, he wants to play tight end and that they recruited him to play tight end. Uh, what, what's your feeling on that? Is he going to stick at the position or is he a future left tackle? Um, I would say uh, no, no offense, Henry, but he is, he is a future left tackle. Um, I've been telling them that for a while. I've, I've said it to his face. Doesn't necessarily want to hear that probably, but the big thing with him is, when he was younger, he always had that great frame, um, you know, and he started out at Peyton Prep, I believe, before he went to uh, to Brother Rice. So I've been watching him play and develop anywhere from camps to practices to games for years. And I believe it was between his sophomore and junior year where he went from this tall, lanky, skinny kid to all of a sudden he looked like a physically just from a physical standpoint, he looked like a grown man. And uh, I've always thought with Boyer, he could play tight end at the next level. I see him if he is, you know, if he were to be a tight end, he'd be more of a group of five kids just athletically. Now, as a tackle, you could be looking at a future draft pick. I mean, this kid has the tools to be a special player. Now, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be some development involved. Uh, but with his frame and his athleticism, you know, it might be average for a power five tight end. It is way above average uh, for a power five offensive tackle. So this is a kid that three years from now, you could be like, how did Illinois get him? Because I really think that his ceiling is high as an offensive lineman. In fact, I, um, 
you know, at my last job when I was scouting, I switched him uh, from tight end to offensive line. Uh, kind of when we talked about that transition when I when I saw him when he went from skinny to a you know a grown man, um, I switched him to an offensive lineman, and and that's where I see him in the long term. I agree with that. And I, I, I saw him at the Illinois Northwestern game and I asked him, well, what happens if you gain 50 pounds? And he said, well, I'll be a big tight end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We saw some of the alignments that uh, Illinois got in this year with like eight offense alignment. I mean, r- really, they could, if they want to, you know, go with a with an extra lineman with him with a you know, tackle eligible number in college. And uh, I mean, he can catch the ball. He can make plays, uh, but he's just not going to stretch the field vertically like you want a big time tight end to do. He does have great ball skills. He's good, you know, in the kind of the curl and all those areas. Uh, but I just, you know, like we talked about, I I, I see a, a very high ceiling as an offensive lineman. You know, <clears throat> watching the uh, state championship games, uh, Illinois fans are pretty excited about what they saw from uh, Jordan Anderson from Joliet Catholic kid put up uh, when he was healthy kid put up uh, just huge numbers over 300 yards in that in that title game but he's another kid that we're not sure what p- position they're going to line him up at I think when they first started recruiting him they were telling him he was going to be an H back but he he sure looked like a running back to me and that you know this year what's your thoughts on that and what kind of players Illinois getting uh well I'll start off with the type of player that uh, Illinois is getting is a big time player. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have seen Jordan Anderson playing games and he looks like the older brother pushing the, the, you know, the little brothers around on the, the Thanksgiving uh, flag football or tackle football game. He is a combination of size athleticism. Um, you know, when you look at the film, he doesn't look fast. Okay. But I'm telling you, the kid can run. And, you know, he, he, uh, he's got that, it looks like a slower stride, but he, he just covers so much ground with each step. And when you really take a deep dive into it, he's pulling away from kids that can run. So when they first took him, I started thinking about the big backs at Wisconsin when Bielema was there, and that was kind of the plan for him. You know, and then just talking with people and, you know, people I trust who, who are in the know, you know, they're say, you know, he's, he's not going to be a running back there. He's going to be more of an H back type. What I think he does give is flexibility. Um, you could line them up at the H, but I guarantee, well, I can't guarantee anything, but I will, I, I will go out there on a limb and say that in short yardage situations, especially you get in that big personnel and throw him at the back. I mean, he's going to get a couple yards. Now it takes him a second to get going, but once he's going, he is, I mean, as a def- as a defender, that's not the type of kid you want to tackle. And he does have ball skills. So uh, I think they're going to be able to do a lot of different things with him. Uh, I, I think he is underrated. Uh, I think he has a chance to be a big time player. Uh, it was his junior year against Fenwick where he really opened my eyes when I was there. Uh, the, the kid's just a player, and I think his upside is, is really limitless. Yeah, when, when you guys got on your, your Zoom or roundtable or whatever, how much consideration was given to, to giving Jordan a bump in the rankings? Not a lot. I mean, I think we did. I, I think I got him bumped. Um, 
But, you know, it's one of those players that when you're dealing with a national group who hasn't seen him in person, um, he's, I mean, his measurables are great, but it's, you know, when you got all these guys down South and in Texas and California, you know, with great size, it can run and all of that, um, you know, and being my first rankings meeting, there's not a whole lot that I could do, uh, you know, to take him to the next level, but he's a kid that we could look back on and be like, he, he maybe he should have been a four-star, but he is definitely a high three-star kid. Um, he has a lot of potential. A lot remains to be seen with him. You know, uh, when you're ranking kids that you don't know necessarily where they fit at the next level, it's hard to say over another elite player, hey, this kid's better at this position than him. And I think the ranking probably reflects that. But his, uh, I just, you know, he's a kid that I'm really high on. Another in-state kid that's um, one of the, higher ranked kids in the Illinois class, Ian Pugh, the wide receiver from Fenwick. I know you saw him multiple times. Uh, Tell me about his game a little bit. Yeah. So Ian uh, is interesting. He's got some size. He's kind of like a long and lengthy kid. Uh, The one thing that you, I, I, when he was younger, he kind of plays upward and uh, you wonder, can a kid break at an elite level? Can they run routes at an elite level? with kind of that higher, uh, you know, running style and everything like that. But the kid, and I think it almost plays into his advantage because everything looks like it's going vertical with him and he can snap off his routes. And it's hard for the defenders to see that because he's always kind of running upward. And so um, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, He's he's good with the ball in his hands. uh, But the one thing that you'll see with him is he's great at gaining separation when the ball is coming. So even if a, uh, a defender is right on top of him, he finds a way to get that little bit of separation last minute. He's great with his hands. Uh, he's got a great frame and uh, he's, uh, he has a lot of upside. He, he has a, he has potential to contribute right away. I think he loves football. He's a technician um, and he's got the ability at the same time. With that kind of length, he's definitely an outside X receiver type. And uh, you like what he'll, he'll bring in the red zone. He seems like a kid you could throw the fade route to and uh, put up some points in the red zone. Yeah, no, he's great with 50-50 balls. Um, even if he gets a defensive back that's like similar size to him, he's going to win that battle. I mean, he can leap. Uh, he's And he attacks the ball with his hands. I feel very confident uh, that he has a chance to be a pretty good player. You know, talking to people who have seen a, a Jared Batty play, the outside linebacker from Oswego East, I've heard I've heard some things about his motor. Uh, you've seen him play. Um, I think some fans on our message board had some concerns. If he br- does, he bring it every single play. The physical tools are there. I mean, he's he's long. He's athletic. He's got the frame to add. You know, to play at about two hundred and thirty pounds or so at the college level. Uh, t- but uh, what did you see from him? Uh, does he need somebody to light a fire under him a little bit? Yeah. I mean, that's what the the coaches are paid for. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily that he's lazy or anything like that. It's just, that is something that develops over time. Some guys, they just, you know, play all over the place and that with their hair on fire. Uh, Jared is, he's, he's not lazy at all. When he gets a, that fire lit under his, under his tush, Um, he's going to be an impressive player. Now, of all these guys in in this class, um, 
I potentially see him talent wise as a national level recruit. He is that good. He has that skill set. Um, I had him at my old job, you know, we kind of ranked on level of play and I had him ranked as a kid that the SEC team should be coming up to recruit. And um, there's a lot to, you know, that remains to see with his development and everything like that. But Jared Batty, to me, has a skill set that can make him an elite level player. And if he pans out, he, he, he could be a draft pick. He, he really can. He's that good. He has that much potential. And when he gets to Illinois, he's not going to have any other choice but to go hard. And once that kind of kicks, uh, kicks in with him, uh, really the sky's the limit for him. I mean, when you meet the kid in person on the hoof, he, he just looks like a player. Very, yeah, really no, impressive. He, does. he passes the eyeball test. No doubt. So um, they took two in-state kids from small schools. And I know you haven't seen Hank Beatty from Rochester, but he, he was the I Gator. I saw him his freshman year. You did? Okay. Well, he was the yep. Gatorade player of the year in the state. Um, and then they took uh, Aiden Laffery, who's kind of a, an all-purpose kind of kid. He plays running back. Uh, you know, a school close by, really, just down the road here from Champaign. Uh, are these are those two kids legit Power Five kids, or are they taking a little bit of a flyer on them uh, because they're from an in-state school? So Laffery, um, I think I wouldn't call it a flyer uh, because the kid can fly. <laughs> um, he, he's, he, I think his PR in the hundred is ten five eight. Um, and you have to take an in-state kid that can not only be a straight line speed kid, but can also play football. Um, he's a threat. Uh, I, I think you'll see him contribute in the return game. I think he's very raw as a football player. He hasn't gone up against a lot of elite talent, uh, but he's a kid in a few years that you could also look back and be like, well, you know what? Uh, might've seemed like a flyer at the time, might've seemed like a in-state take at the time. But for me, and I'm a big track guy, so I'm biased, but uh, that speed, you can't coach. So you have to recruit that. And that's an element that Illinois does not have right now. And I feel like the way the team is being built, you know, uh, almost in that Wisconsin model, you need a guy who can be a home run hitter. And uh, he has that potential with the ball in his hands or just, you know, whether it be the deep ball or as a return man, uh, he has that potential. So there's no guarantees with him there. Well, there's no guarantees with anybody, uh, but kids with that type of speed and especially close to home. Uh, I mean, I, I get 100% why he would be a take now, Hank Beatty. Um, he's on the smaller side, but uh, I trust his head coach. <laughs> um, you know, they have put out a lot of players over a lot, uh, you know, a long time between him and his dad. And I trust his evaluation. So when I saw him, uh, Beatty was freshman year at practice and coach pointed to me and he said, this kid is a power five kid. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, he's like five, nine, 140 pounds. But then all of a sudden you see the skill set um, and you get it. So uh, I don't know what he'll end up playing, probably slot receiver or something like that. Um, he comes from a great program. His football IQs through the roof. Uh, and you know, he can do some things. And I think we base a lot of our evaluations nowadays based off the measurables or how somebody looks his best quality is he's a football player. The kid can play football. 
Now he's going to have to grow. He's going to have to develop, but I think he can be a contributor. I don't know if it's going to be early on, um, but you know, uh, he's definitely a kid that you understand the reasons why they would take. And I, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen with him, but I, I would be shocked if he doesn't contribute at some point in his career. A lot of people differ on recruiting strategy and, you know, especially at Illinois, uh, there's been coaches that try every every different type of strategy possible. And Bill must put in a real emphasis on in-state kids. Um, is, is that a winning strategy for him in the, over the long haul, you think? And how, how important is it for him to, to lock up the kids in-state? Um, to me, that is the number one thing that he can be doing. Um, and it's also the hardest thing for him to do right now uh, because – Illinois was not a priority in recent memory. There is enough kids in the state of Illinois where if you were to lock down the state, like some of these other places do, that is enough talent to win you a championship or at least put you in contention. Um, you know, for the most part, Illinois is up for grabs. There's no loyalty to one program in the state. You got Northwestern and, you know, their recruiting strategy has to be a little different just because of who they are. They're more of a national recruiting team. They do take in-state kids and have success with them. But to me, if you want to win at University of Illinois, it starts with Illinois. Um, and they're laying the seats for that right now. Uh, and they trust their evaluations. Like some of these guys, you know, I think of like Malachi Hood. Malachi Hood is a He's a big time player and he was for some reason was kind of under recruited. So what they're doing right now is they are identifying the kids that they want in state. They're making inroads. They're putting in the effort. They're letting the both high school coaches and players alike know that this is going to be a priority and our bread and butter is going to be Illinois. And this is how we're going to win. And I think, that is a winning strategy. I think that's the only way that you win at Illinois. You lock down the in-state talent. You get a couple playmakers from, you know, Florida or, you know, uh, somewhere else in the Midwest. You got St. Louis right there. I think that should be a priority as well. Um, but I, 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 I think that is the blueprint for success, uh, you know, for Illinois in this day and age. They went outside the state also, Clint, they went, you know, and they, they went to some places where Illinois hasn't had a whole lot of success. The Southeast, you know, they went, they got a kid from Alabama, a kid from Mississippi, and a kid from probably maybe the top program in the state of Florida, IMG Academy, and the Sean Miller, a wide receiver. At that school, it seems like you get kind of caught up in the, in the mix a little bit because there's so much, uh, high, you know, power five talent there, but what kind of year did uh, Sean Miller have at IMG and what kind of player is he? Yeah. So I'm not sure statistically how he did, but uh, I've watched the film and I think he could be a steal of this class. The kid is fantastic with the ball in his hands. Um, I love his, his cutting ability. He is a return threat. He's a deep field threat. Uh, he seems to be, and this happens with a lot of the IMG kids, uh, he, he might be the most college ready skill kid that I see coming in this class. Now I'm not familiar with all of the players, um, but he has the frame and the athletic skill set to be a contributor from day one. I would be surprised if he doesn't play day one, he brings 
you know, uh, some tools that they do not currently have on the roster uh, right away. He's going to be a contributor eventually, if not right away, as a return man. Um, you know, I, I don't know a ton about him. Haven't seen him in person, but I have watched the film. And uh, I he's another kid that I, I could see being a steal. I, I was really impressed in my limited evaluation of him. And like you said, with IMG, um, you know, when you got four and five star players, multiple at each position, some of these guys are only playing half the game. Uh, but from what I could see, he was very productive and uh, he, he's a kid to keep an eye on in this, in this freshman class coming in. Last thing I wanted to ask you about Clint is uh, this monster called the, the transfer portal. I, you know, I follow the rivals.com transfer portal uh, Twitter page and you got to monitor it 24 seven. It's just guys, kids just popping up on there constantly all day long, every day. And it's not just kids that were sitting the bench. We're seeing kids who put up pretty decent stats who decided that they're not happy where they're at and they're going to move on and play someplace else. What's your take on the portal? Um, is, you know, is it good or bad for college football? I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but um, what is your take on the portal and how big of a, of a factor is that in recruiting now? I think when you look at the portal, it's one of the biggest factors in recruiting. It's hurting high school prospects for sure. Um, you throw COVID in the mix, you throw the transfer portal in the mix, and you got the perfect storm for limited opportunities for high school kids. Because nowadays, head coaches, I don't care what the program is, they're expected to win right away. And the only way to do that is, well, you can, you can, to, you can choose two ways to win. You can build it the right way over time. Or if you know you have to make a quick fix, you go and get players that you know can help you win right away. Now, how does that affect your culture? I don't know. How much eligibility do they have left? I don't know. Um, but it is a, it is a huge factor. Um, I like it and I hate it at the same time. You can transform your team overnight with the transfer portal, but is it sustainable long-term? I don't know. The other thing that you look at is players. And like you said, a lot of players going into the portal have been very productive, but they might not just be happy at where they're at. And, or they might've had a coaching change that they didn't sign up for. So, um, I love the ability for these kids to do what makes them happy. But at the same time, um, I just like people I feel like are giving up too early, uh, especially kids who don't play or they were a stud coming out of high school. The second that they're not the man on campus, which most, most kids aren't going to be right away. They take the, they just say, Oh, I'll just go in the portal. Well, the portal works both ways. Um, you know, if you want to leave, the, the grass is not always greener. You might not end up at the level that you think you are. Um, and then at the same time, if you're not performing, uh, a school can try to push you out because of the portal and bring in a transfer, you know. And so it's, it's, it's good and bad. I, I think it's bad for the high school athlete. I think it's bad for high school recruiting. Um, but when you're living in an era where you have to win right away and they're not giving you time to develop players, uh, the portal for coaches is a very good thing. Um, so I'm still, it's a, it's a mixed bag on it, but, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I don't know what to think yet. I, I it can really be kind don't. of fun, though. It's it's fun to watch uh, who's going where and what players are going to jump into the portal. But um, you know, when it, when it first popped up, I, it was I think it was last year when it really first started blowing up like it is. I I was concerned that it would just be a free agency for you know the top schools. You know, Alabama's missing one piece for a national championship. They need a quarterback, so they go grab the best quarterback available in the portal. But it, like you said, it does flow both ways. For a kid who's, you know, he's a junior at a power five school, he's never got to play and he was recruited over. There is an opportunity for him to drop down to the group of five or FCS level and, and get on the field uh, if that's what they want to do. But uh, yeah, you're right, it is a mixed bag, uh, but it's it's here and I think it's here to stay, uh, at least for the time being. So, well, uh, Clint, thanks so much, man, for coming on and giving us a rundown on some guys. Uh, it's going to be a fun day on the 15th. It's not oh, yeah. quite like the traditional signing day we used to have when there was only one, but um, fans, make sure you follow the national site. They're going to have a, a, you know, a running list of all the kids who flip, all the kids who sign on signing day. Um, and thanks again, Clint. Uh, uh, until next time, man, we'll see you. Yeah, Doug, this was awesome. I'd love to come back. Great talking with you.